Welcome back to The Unexpected Gardener. My name is Sabrina and I am a city girl turned gardener, homesteader, and my mission is to take as many of you along with me as I can. So today I want to talk about how do you start a food revolution in your town? Can you? Can you start one? And the answer is yes. And so I want to kind of just talk a little bit about that because um, I have started a local food collaborative, which sounds really fancy, but it's not, in my town, um, sort of by accident. And it has become a really amazing resource for a lot of people who live here. Um, but I'll be honest, that really wasn't my intention. So let me backtrack a little bit. I want to talk about the food supply um, and some of the concerns I have about the food supply in the United States. Um, we, we have a really broken food supply. And I think if you, if you think back to 2020, 2021, and I think even into 2022, we were seeing some real issues with the food supply. You know, of course, we can all remember, you know, toilet paper, which isn't food, but still, it's kind of weird. And then um, there was a lot of empty shelves. It really started freaking people out. A lot of people started like prepping or buying extra canned goods and whatnot um, in anticipation, like what would happen if I couldn't get access to food. And, you know, that's really where I started gardening is, is that it wasn't really a fear. It was more like a sense of urgency, but you know, that I really needed to figure out how to grow food because what if I couldn't go to the store and feed my family, you know? And for me, it also was, you know, there was some limitations on whether, not really in my state, but in other states, California, New York, like if people didn't get a certain medical injection, um, they couldn't enter in restaurants or stores. And so I was like, well, you know, that's kind of interesting. You know, if I'm not participating in whatever the government thinks I should participate in, are they going to be able to control the food that I buy? So all of those things really instilled this sense of urgency in me to learn how to grow food. And that has morphed into a huge passion of locally sourcing food. And I really believe with all my heart that part of the system that has been broken is we have swung way too far to the convenience, um, not being in touch with our food, like pendulum, you know, and I was there. I mean, I was, I grew up in the, you know, right outside of Boston. There was no emphasis on fresh food or organic food or, you know, there was a lot of processed food, things in boxes and whatnot. And I think in general, Americans, you know, we used to grow food and we used to buy locally and, you know, and in the age of convenience, you know, which it, believe me, I'm, I am really grateful for a lot of conveniences, uh, for sure. You know, I ordered a, a blender last night on Amazon and it was at my doorstep this morning when I woke up. <laughs> so, you know, I love modern conveniences like that, but when it comes to food, you know, we've swung so far that we're completely out of touch with what, where our food comes from, for one, and what is in our food. And a lot of it isn't even really food. 
Um, you know, I just read this morning, actually, that 85% of grass-fed beef in, you know, in our supermarkets are not from the United States. And 85%. And, you know, that that's alarming. You know, where is this meat coming from? I mean, I think everybody probably listening to this is going to agree with me that there's some pretty sketchy practices on labeling and um, it can be extremely confusing to know whether you're buying something healthy or not because they they have all these things on the label that looks like it's healthy, but it's really not. You know, natural flavors, for example, are not natural flavors. They're made in a lab. Your body shouldn't be consuming them, but yet they're in everything and they say natural. So I didn't know that for the longest time. So, you know, when we have 85% of our grass-fed beef is not even, you know, grown in the United States, I think we have a problem. And, you know, I'm seeing the push towards lab-created food, um, talking about beef production like it's bad for the environment, um, you know, f cows shoved on feedlots and cows never having fresh air and grass is not good. It's not good for anybody. Um, and that's another reason why I don't want to buy, you know, the commercially grown beef in the store because I don't, I don't really want to eat animals that have been mistreated. Um, I am, I'm a, you know, I'm a carnivore or an omnivore. I eat, I eat meat and I eat vegetables and I want my, I want the animals that I end up consuming to be treated with dignity and respect. Um, I want the farm to use regenerative farming. Um, I want the vegetables that I eat to be grown organically with, with no pesticides. I mean, even organic still has pesticides on it. Um, I want no pesticides at all on the food that I eat. Um, and so, you know, last year, probably like um, maybe last spring, I felt a very... So I've already, you know, been gardening for a couple of years. Um, I, you know, I figured out sourdough. I was, I always made things from scratch, but I, even more so, I stopped buying bread. I was making all my bread from scratch. You know, I had made a lot of these small changes over the last, you know, two and a half, three years. And, and that's all it is, people. It's small changes. You know, you make them, you make them one at a time. You know, you do what you can. I started learning to can and dehydrate and like there's a lot of things that I've been learning slowly to become you know more and more independent of the system that we have currently um, and I felt a really strong urge or you know whatever the word is I mean and, and I think now it probably was the Lord I tend to not be like super spiritual like God told me to do blah 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 but I just was like we need to really I need to locally source as much as I can um, I care about the quality and I'm willing to pay more because you will, you'll pay more, but, but that's okay. I think, it, you know, it's all relative, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, um, so I, I said to my husband who, you know, he's always willing to kind of go along most of the time with the things that I come up with. I'm like, I think we need to get a deep freezer. I think we need, I just, I'm going to start locally like sourcing our meat. And he's like, yeah, okay. You know, and <clears throat> I, we did that. We got a freezer and I found beef was kind of the most important thing for me. Um, we don't eat a ton of chicken. I know most Americans probably consume chicken more than other meats. We, we don't. We're more of a meat eater family. Um, but I wanted to find grass-fed 
grass-finished beef. And I did. I found this amazing farm. It's about an hour away, 50 minutes, hour away. Um, you know, a husband and wife team. They homeschool their kids. They're just lovely. Just an incredible family. They practice regenerative farming. Um, their animals are happy. Um, they, they treat them with dignity. You know, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful farm. So, but I was in my head, you know, I don't know why I'm like this because I know a lot of people drive really far for stuff. I don't. And maybe that's because I, you know, I've always been used to like, you know, wherever I lived, you know, Trader Joe's was 10 minutes away. Whole Foods was 10 minutes away. I didn't have to go drive for anything. And, and maybe that's because I lived, you know, I kind of grew up in the city and lived, lived in the city. I live in suburbia now, but still things really aren't that far. Costco's 30 minutes away and I can barely get myself to go there. Um, <clears throat> so I asked her, I said, Hey, you know, if I got like some families in my neighborhood to, to like buy from you, would you consider delivering it to our town? And she said, yeah, I totally would. I'm like, awesome. So I just threw it up on like my, my local neighborhood community page, you know, on Facebook. And I texted some of my neighbors and they were like, oh, I totally would. That sounds great. And so I, you know, texted with Heather and I said, oh, I've got like, you know, if there's five families, everybody, you know, will order and like, let's pick a date to deliver and whatever. So we kind of created this little monthly drop where you know heather would take orders they would order directly from her pay her and she would show up at a designated time and day and everyone would come to that spot and pick up their meat and it was great we just you know i didn't ask anybody for permission you know this is not like a big formal thing i just picked we just picked a parking lot that was kind of right off the main drag and it's kind of we met in the corner sort of near where there's a bank and nobody's really there on a Sunday afternoon at the bank. <clears throat> and that's when it was born. And honestly, it was born because I didn't want to drive an hour. And it's what just, it seems silly, but, <clears throat> but it, that's what it is. I just didn't want to drive an hour and I, but I wanted the best quality meat. And so after several months, we were doing it once a month. And then in the course of just getting to know a lot of local people that are like-minded, you know, I found um, a place to get my Thanksgiving turkey. So, you know, we started this in June. So here we are like that November. And I met Jen, the chicken lady, chicken farmer, um, at like the local like gas station to pick up my Thanksgiving turkey. And, um, and I started to get to know her. And so she's chicken and she's eggs. And, and I thought, well, I mean, I could invite her to be a part of this. So then like people will be able to buy both chicken and beef. And then she hooked me up with a pork um, farmer and they are, you know, pastured pork and they're, you know, out in the fields and happy as can be. They don't use any vaccines. They don't use any antibiotics. They're not treated because they're, they're all so healthy because they're in this healthy environment. They're not packed into, you know, a pen with hundreds of other animals where you're going to get parasites and, you know, you're going to deal with that kind of stuff. This is not that. It's not commercially raised. It's, it's families who choose to raise these, these animals. And so then we added pork and it just kept growing. And then I get, and then people would tell people, 
you know, I, I work at a chiropractic office and then like, I, my chiropractor was like so excited about it. And she's actually also my friend. And then she mentioned it to someone. And then, you know, before you know it, there's 50 people, you know, in this. And so then I was like, oh, let me, I'll send out an email once a month. I was doing a text, but then I, I grew out of the text. You can only text like 20 people at once. And so I started an email. I already have a blog, so it was not hard to add a page onto my blog that explained what we're doing. And then this past October, like, you know, a month, a month ago, a month and a half ago, I added, there was a raw milk, new raw milk um, farmer. And then um, we added honey and we added freshly made organic elderberry. And then I found a produce person who's organic and regenerative. She's a regenerative farmer. And so I decided to name it. I just went on Canva and I created a logo and I named it the Wake Forest Local Food Collaborative. And it has blown up. I have probably 360 people on my email list and it has become such a blessing for me. I mean, listen, I don't get paid to do it and that's not really why I'm doing it anyway. I don't really care about that. Um, a lot of people have said to me, like, you should be paid for your time and what you're doing. And, and for a little bit, I was like, you know, maybe I should be paid. I probably should make something from this because it does take, you know, obviously it takes time to coordinate and field questions and whatnot. And then I really just decided, like, I don't really care about that. I don't want to be paid for that. What I want is for it to grow and grow and grow. And then I want this to be an incredible resource for local people who want to support their local farmers and want to have a food source that is clean and safe and it gives us freedom of choice. And it and this is duplicatable anywhere. You know, right, we're gonna probably move. It's a little bit bigger now, you know, like when we meet once a month, we meet on the second Sunday of every month between four and five, so it's just an hour. And, um, you know, all the farmers line up, people show up, and most everybody is paid. They've already ordered. They've ordered and paid for their product. Um, and so it's just a matter of being able to pick everything up in one spot. So you can get your eggs and your chicken, your raw milk, your beef, and your pork. And then, oh, grab some local honey and grab a, th you know, jar of elderberry. And then in the summer, spring and summer, she's, you know, the Christina, the, the produce farmer is going to have way more produce. Now she has like sweet potatoes and microgreens, but you know, you can see how this is the coolest thing. It's almost like a farmer's market, but, but not it's, it's, you, it's pre-ordered. It's good for the farmers because it's an hour, you know, it's an hour out of their time and their orders are prepaid and then they're directly connected to the, to the consumer, which I think is awesome, you know, and every single one of them is like, yeah, if you want to come for my farm, you know, please come on, you know, come, come on over and we'll make an appointment. You can come over and check it out. And like, they're just open. And, and this is like, you're investing in families too. That's the other thing I love about it. You know, I know these, these are amazing folks. They have children, they have dreams of their own. And if I can help, you know, coordinate the connection between the customer and to them, it's like, it's amazing. Like, I don't, <clears throat> that is huge. <clears throat> so it has really become such a huge, it's a huge success. 
And I mean that not in the way of like, oh, I'm so awesome. I coordinated this. Because the reality is all I do is really market it. I market it, let people know about it, and then people pay the farmer. I don't have anything to do with that. I don't have anything to do with the orders or the payments. Like they correct, directly co coordinate with their farmer of whatever they want to buy. All I do is just let people know. And I do field questions. And, and so this is, this is duplicatable. And, you know, the more it grows, the more I feel like if, if this, if people popped up with these things all over the country, it would completely change the landscape of food in America. And I know that's probably like a pie in the sky statement, or maybe it's just me being naive and dreaming, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I really feel like if a regular person like me, I am not anything special. I'm just a mom and I, a mom who didn't want to drive to three different farms to pick up local food, right? I'm just a regular person. I don't have you know, this awesome skill set and I'm not an expert, expert marketer. I just tell pe I just told people about it. If I can start something like this, then you can too. And if you're in, you know, there's, there's farmers everywhere. There's farmers everywhere. And I do know that a lot of people who are in kind of the, this, you know, if you're, if you're thinking a lot about like grass fed beef and you know, all of the things that are really important in your food supply, you know, you might not want cows to eat soy or cows to eat corn, right? I mean, I get it. I don't really either. However, if your choice is between a local farmer who takes really good care of their animals, but they happen to feed them like GMO grain and, you know, Sam's Club or Walmart, where you have no idea how those cows were treated, it's still better to buy local, hands down. So even if it's not grass-fed, or as long as, you know, as long as the, there's other things that are more important to me than that, I should say. And, and so I do think you can, you can still buy local and buy from a farmer who you respect their practices, and it might not be like the top-tier grass-fed, grass-finished, you know, the whole nine, it's still a better product and you still know where your food's coming from and it's still better than buying from the store um, because you don't know. I mean, I read, I just watched a documentary on Netflix and I can't remember exactly, I think it's called Poisoned, you know, and it talks about, I mean, it's talking about like food board, born illnesses. It's kind of, it's kind of scary, but it's also good to be aware. But in any case, you know, they talk about like ground beef, how, you know, in these massive, massive like processing plants, you know, a package of ground beef can be from hundreds and hundreds of different cows because they just take, you know, all the cuts as they cut the different, you know, steaks and whatnot and whatever's like left over, it just goes into this giant vat and then they just grind it. So it's like, you don't even know really what you're getting. And, you know, people can get sick because you have one, you know, one cow that's ill and then it gets mixed in with a thousand other cows 
and then you know who knows like you know and a lot of it is you're packing all these animals in these small um you know these small in containment areas they don't see sun like it's just a disaster it honestly is and we should demand better i don't really understand why we don't demand better um but you can you can personally make a change in your own life you can do it slowly you know you gotta assess your budget so i mentioned that we were going to talk about that and and i'm gonna probably piss some people off by saying this but you know there's a lot of you not a, not all of you there's certainly a lot of people that don't do this, but there's a lot of you that will not even bat an eye to go to Starbucks and spend $7 on a latte, but yet you're going to be horrified that grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef is eight fifty dollars a pound or $9 a pound or whatever. You know, you, you have to adjust. You have to adjust your mindset. And if you're spending... I know for me personally, I can look at my budget and that's kind of what we did. We sort of made a decision as a, as a couple that we were going to spend more money on food, that, that our food purchases was going to be a huge chunk of our budget, but it's, it's, it's worth it to us. So we sort of just decided like if we have to cut other things out, we were going to do that. So maybe we're not going to have Hulu or Netflix or you know, maybe we'll ditch Amazon Prime. I mean, we haven't had to do that yet, but I would. I would do that if it meant that I could afford to buy the best quality food. Because the thing is, in the long run, that is that is going to save you money in the long run. It All around, it's better for your body and your mind to have clean food. So it's just worth it. It's worth spending the money. And so you have to, each person's individual, um, so you have to kind of look and assess like, okay, what can I afford? And maybe you can only afford, you know, you can coordinate with a local farmer and maybe you can only afford to buy like one whole chicken a month. And that's okay. If that's all you can do, I think that's fine. Um, I think it's all baby steps. And, you know, we have an all or nothing mentality in the United States. And that's not, that does not serve you because some of these changes can be extremely daunting, you know, and I know when I started, when I started gardening, and we're going to talk a lot about in this podcast, you know, in future episodes, I'm going to kind of really dive into gardening and sort of the beginnings of that, because I think a lot of people, that's kind of where you start. I actually have an idea for an episode, like, is, tom is tomatoes the gateway, <laughs> the gateway, you know, fruit or vegetable into you know gardening because once you start you you just like what the heck this is amazing i can actually grow my own food in my backyard are you kidding me um but you know these are all these are all things each family is different each family's income is different um some people have zero expendable income i mean i was there many times in my adult life where we had really we did not have any money extra and I had to shop, you know, and spend as little money as possible on groceries. And, you know, I had a lot of bellies to feed and I did not have a lot of income to do that. And that that's not a, a thing to be ashamed of. It is what it is. Um, but it costs a lot less to make your own bread than buy a loaf of bread at the store. So there are things you can do to slowly learn the skills, to be more self-sufficient. Um, 
But back to the, you know, starting a food revolution. I, I really want to challenge everybody listening that, you know, you are just one person, but you can create an impact. And, you know, something like this does take a little bit of work in the beginning um, because you do, you want to form relationships with, you know, different farmers. You want to ask questions. I've definitely talked to farmers that I've been like, eh, I'm not sure this guy has the same, um, you know, outlook or, or view of, you know, taking care of animals than I, I do. And so I'm not super comfortable buying from them. Um, but you know, you just, you just ask questions. Like I went out to, you know, the farms and, you know, I checked out the newer farm that we brought in. I went out and met them and met their cows and, you know, we're getting raw milk from them. And, you know, it, you're going to get an, an, you're going to understand a lot more as you dive into it, but you know, you can meet them. So there's work in the beginning, but once you develop the relationship and then you start telling folks about it, um, you know, it will grow. I mean, ours didn't grow, like it didn't explode overnight. We've been doing it. It's been, um, a year and a half almost and it just recently like in the last four months just completely exploded and honestly i think it's because you know these elitists start talking about lab created beef or chicken or whatever and people are like are you kidding me nobody wants to eat a chicken breast that's created in a lab i mean maybe some people want to eat it but i not a lot of people want to eat that it's very sketchy stuff um so you know, I think that has kind of urged a lot of people. So here's another benefit of having a local, having all your food or most of your food locally sourced. Um, it, I mentioned earlier, like, you know, I did not, no one in my family got that injection that was shoved down our throat for however many years. Um, and I know in certain, certain areas, you couldn't go into a restaurant unless you showed proof, right? So that gives some power that takes a lot of power away from me and gives it to someone else who is deciding what's best for me, right? Which that, I'm sorry, that's not going to work for me. Um, if there ever comes to a point, and again, I don't, I don't act in, I don't make decisions or I'm not out of fear and I'm not saying these things to make anybody afraid, but the reality is, you know, it could happen. Um, if I can't go into a store to be able to purchase food for myself or my family, I have farmers that I have a wonderful relationship with that I have been buying from for years. Who do you think they're going to sell their products to me or like, you know, random people off the street? I mean, they, we have a relationship. So I have secured food, a food source for my family outside of the food system that is failing us so miserably anyway um and so if things if things go south i have that assurance that i have got people i've got people that i've been supporting for years um so that's also a really smart reason to 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 cultivate relationships with your local farmers um it's better for the environment you know i mean how many times have i i i went into costco and I, there was this big huge package of organic garlic and it was like already peeled and i hate to peel garlic like so much and so i was like oh this is awesome and then i i look at it and it's organic i'm like it's great this is already peeled i can make all kinds of stuff with this easy and then i look and it's and it's a product of like portugal or something 
And I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I know we have massive garlic growers in the United States. I mean, California for sure. And I'm sure lots of other places, but we've got to import this from Portugal or wherever it was, you know, it's bad for the environment, you know, to be shipping food from all over the world that we can easily grow here. And they want to take away your plastic straws or your plastic bags, but yet they want to import, you know, food from everywhere in God's creation. You know, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense to me. Wouldn't it make much more sense to locally source your food? So, you know, you don't have to fly it from across the world. You have to drive it 30 minutes down the road. So that's another benefit. If you care about the environment and the, your impact on the, on the earth and how you care for the earth, locally sourcing your food is, is an amazing uh, decision, you know, because there's all kinds of good that comes from it. I can't actually think of anything bad that comes from it because aside from it's probably going to be more expensive, um, I don't even think that's bad. I just think that's a reality and a fact. And, and I think it will just challenge each one of us to find where we can, you know, get that extra money we might need. Um, but the good far outweighs, outweighs the bad in that respect. Um, so I'm hopeful that, you know, just this conversation about um, just starting a food revolution. I mean, if we, if we did that all across the country, it would change, it would change so much. It would change, um, it would change our food supply, I think, because, um, you know, we should demand that they stop making this garbage and calling it food. And we don't want it. We don't want your Franken food. You know, we want real food. And so we're going to go and get it from local farmers. And there's going to be an economic impact if that happens um, across the board. And so I am just, I'm calling out the challenge to any of you, if this resonates with you, you are more than welcome to reach out to me because I'm happy to help, um, help you figure out how to get it started. Um, but I totally think that if we did that, I mean, I have like 13,000 followers on Instagram and I thought if 10% of my followers were like, you know what, that's a really great idea. I'm going to do that in my town. Can you imagine the impact that would have? I mean, it would be incredible. Um, so I'm really hopeful that together, it doesn't matter what the elitists do, what the, what the powerful do, what they think that they think we want as food. We're going to do it ourselves and we're going to find the people locally that have the same values and will provide the, the cleanest, most nutritious food for our families. And we're going to just do it ourselves. So thank you very much. We don't need you. Um, and I think that's how real change can happen. You know, it happens in your, in your life. It happens in your heart, it happens in your family, and then it just spreads out into the community. And, you know, that's what we need. We need a food revolution. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.